Hello and welcome to The Way Forward, the official podcast of the California Faculty Association. My name is Audrina Redmond, CFA's Anti-Racism and Social Justice Director and your host. This podcast series is inspired by CFA's ongoing commitment to build a world where all are welcome, safe, and able to be their full selves. We will be applying an anti-racism and social justice lens in conversations with CSU faculty, students, staff, and community activists discussing issues they are celebrating or confronting on campus and beyond. Our hope is that those who tune in will have aha moments and be inspired enough to continue or start working toward futurist visions of anti-racism and social justice transformation. And of course, we want you to tune in and share the links for each podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Angel Marie Taylor, who is a student, a fourth year student at CSU Channel Islands, majoring in business. Uh, and she is also an SQE intern. And SQE is the Students for Quality Education Internship Program. Welcome. Thank you so much, Audrina. It's such a pleasure to be here with everyone and share the space. Thank you. So let's let's jump on in here because I really want to have this conversation with you as you are a more than typical CSU student, but the kind of student that we all like to pretend isn't there, right? Uh, so tell us a little bit of your own story and why the twin issues of food and housing insecurity are so very personal to you. Of course, these are two topics that really hit home for me because I've experienced the, both of them in depth firsthand. Um, coming into the college sphere, I was running away from an abusive household. I'm an at-risk youth. I've only ever had myself financially to depend on. Therefore, working multiple jobs year-round was always the thing for me. So with that, it was very easily for me to fall into these pits of housing insecurities and food insecurities, which has happened for me numerous times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I and and happened to you pre CSU as well as in your time as a CSU student. Growing up in a low-income family, housing insecurity and food insecurity was always a theme for us. But ever since being on my own, I've experienced it to entirely new depths. Right. Right. And and you know we're presently still in a pandemic, or have we switched to an endemic? I'm not sure. No one's telling me. Uh, but. How were you impacted, given your housing and food insecurity status, how were you impacted by the pandemic? The pandemic wouldn't have been any more difficult for me than it already was. Um, just shortly after I moved on to emergency housing on campus, coming from my houseless homeless situation, I soon switched into permanent housing on the dorms. I was living there for about three months before the campus um, kicked me out due to the pandemic. 
Um, I did my best to plead my case with the university alongside my case manager, who also works for the university, trying to explain that I had nowhere else to go, that I was coming from a situation where I did not have housing. Unfortunately, because of all of the unknowns and the chaos that the pandemic brought, this wasn't something that was taken into consideration. I lost my housing again and was actually living out of a motel for two months. It was paid for by the university, but being a young woman, completely on my own, working jobs, so I'm going in and out, dark hours, the late hours, it was such a scary and dangerous situation for me. And that was my reality for two months while I was still attending class. Right. So it sounds like it was not a quality living situation that the university put you in, but some last minute decision that was risky. Am I hearing you say that right? Yes, very much so. And in the motel, there was no microwave. So I went two months without hot meals. I couldn't afford to go out to a restaurant every night. Um, I had a very small mini fridge that could barely hold more than like three slices of pizza at a time. It was just, it was low quality for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for that experience for you, but that's why we're doing this podcast is we want to expose the lack of preparedness, the lack of programming in our CSU to deal with students. And, and that's not even the right phrase. Not, I don't want to say to deal with students, but to assist students like you. Do you have a sense of that there are many students in the CSU in your current situation? At first, and definitely going through it during the darkest times, it felt like I was alone because there aren't very many spaces where folks with my identities can exist in community. There used to be a program at my university, but it was underfunded and eventually went under for those of us who have experience with the foster care system or being houses or homeless. Um, I lost that. So it really did feel like I was the only person for a long time. Um, But after just really breaking out of my own shell, being more courageous to be vulnerable about what I've been through with other peers, I was extremely surprised to find out that I am not the only one. There are other students who are also lining up um, at the Dolphin Pantry, not just for a nice afternoon snack, but for meals that we are hoping to last us for the rest of that week. Other students who have experienced houselessness that had to sleep in their cars in parking lots on campus. Um, There's a whole community of us, which is a a bittersweet double-edged sword kind of fact I had to take in. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put that bittersweet double-edged sword. You know, I'm I'm hearing you say that the pantry, the dolphin you say, um, you know, was it hot meals for the week or, I mean, what, what was it? Was it well stocked? I mean, what was there for you? On my campus, our pantry, we call it the dolphin pantry is donation based. So if we do not get any donations, there is no food to give out to students. So there were times where I went in there and there was no food to give. Mm-hmm. There were times I went in there and the only things they had to offer was um, boxed raisins um, maybe a hot pocket or so, but for someone who didn't have, a home or access to a microwave, things like hot pockets or frozen sausages were not an option for me because I didn't have anywhere to prepare it, to cook it. Um, obviously, box raisins are not enough to carry me through my day. It's hardly even a snack. So while it is super awesome when our pantry is stocked, that's not dependent on us. So it's really going in there like, what can I get today? It's never actually a guarantee for us to get any food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, 
so the 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 funding needs to be there needs to be consistent funding. It can have donations too, but donations are not as reliable as having consistent funding. And it's interesting to hear you say what you're saying about your food pantry at CSU Channel Islands because uh, the former Chancellor White, uh, right around 2015, began a series of studies and conferences and initiatives to learn about and 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 then propose about and actually fund programming on our CSU campuses. But uh, I have heard you say today, and I certainly have heard from other folks at other campuses that these pantries don't seem to have a consistent funding base. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is have you seen have you ever seen or heard about any funding happening on, on campus? Or are who staffs these even? That's the other question. So right now, if I understand correctly, the folks who are staffing our basic needs department are filling in the gap for um, the dolphin pantry staffing because there's no designated staff for the pantry. Um, usually it relies on student assistants that work for other departments that are being passed over to fill those shifts. It's um, volunteer-based as well. So students who are trying to get hours for their local community, for their clubs or orgs, they can get volunteer hours there. And um, our pro staff are from coming from other departments that are having to like almost double enroll and take on both responsibilities at the same time. Yeah. I What I hear you saying sounds like what folks out in the off-campus community might also say about food pantries that are set up for them. And that is that they are again, under-resourced, um, who's staffing it, uh, where's the where's the money coming from, where's the consistency in programming even? Because a pantry should be more than I'm just handing out to you what's here. It should be information-based, it should be resource-based, it might even offer some hot meals for people who were in your situation, didn't have an ability to warm up food. You know, there should at least be a microwave there so you could heat it up in that moment at any rate. Or a microwave or two, depending on how many other folks are lined up. Yeah, so, you know, so the, so the CSU needs to be doing better. They've gotten, they've done all of this talking. They've written these proposals. They've even given away, was I see, two and a half million dollars a few years ago. But clearly there's a call for them to do better. And, and I have to wonder if, you know, some of this is, you know, the word performative. Yes. Right? It's, it's performative. Yes. But I think I'm wondering what you think about how much of it is uh, the way in which our society romanticizes the carefree student who sort of floats around and couch surfs and eats and bums a meal from a friend, but basically is kind of happy and is able to go to class and to do what they need to do to graduate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think people have that notion locked in their head. Do you get a sense of that at all? Absolutely. And I think it's a social stigma that needs to be completely broken down. Um, for all those who are listening, I can personally speak that, no, we are not happily just couch surfing around, lounging around with friends, trying to make it meal to meal. It is an, a different kind of mental toll that takes on. Cause it's, it, we're talking about basic needs here. Like 
housing and food or not things that we should have to worry about on top of that going to work and then trying to get to class on time balance homework it's such a real struggle it's very taxing um, it's very discouraging too like going through these very very impactful scenes while trying to just pursue my education it can be discouraging at times there are lots of moments where I've had such a difficult day that I don't want to wake up and go to class but I know I have to remind myself at the end of the day that that's what I'm here for and that reminding is so hard to do so it's not a very easy walk in the park carefree lazy lifestyle it's a real struggle that we should not have to go through right what keeps you motivated then I mean it's hard right what what keeps you motivated I look around and I see so many folks who are experiencing similar or worse struggles than me look like me. I do it for my community. I do it for those who are younger than me, who, who share similar identities, similar presences, that higher education is something we can do, even though the resources are severely lacking. As long as we do our part, push through, keep our strength and resilience, it is possible. And we cannot let these structural obstacles get in our way of moving forward in our lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, wondering, given your experience, given the experience of the other students who you've met or discovered through your experience of housing and food insecurity at CSU Channel Islands, uh, what are some solutions? What are some things that have worked for you and that you think uh, could be could work for others as well? My case manager with the basic needs team has been everything. Um, leaving an abusive household, being on my own, I had no idea how to navigate the adult life, nonetheless, the college life. She was a mentor. She was an advocate. She was the ultimate resource. She was speaking to my professors on behalf of my situation, verbalizing things I didn't know how to say or share, always connecting me. Hey, I heard that there's an event happening on this part of campus that's giving away mm -hmm. free burritos. She would always put me um, in contact with those resources and without her and her advocacy and her taking my well-being seriously, I don't know if I would have made it any other way. Um, for all students who are experiencing something similar, I believe that a case manager is the best thing um, at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd love that. And again, that's the kind of position that should be funded on our campuses, as opposed to things like policing, which takes resources away from programming like case managers for you, for students like yourself and affordable housing too, right? I mean, campus housing is not cheap. Yes, I do think that housing should be cheaper. Um, even if it's a smaller unit, there just there has to be something more affordable than $1,600 a month. That's just not achievable for someone like me. And free food. I should not have to worry about food. I'm doing more than enough to carry myself and those around me. Food is not something I should have to worry about. Even if it's something small, just a warm meal that's guaranteed to students, we're paying too much. We're paying too much to not have access to the bare necessities. Yeah. All right, Angel Marie Taylor, student at CSU Channel Islands, a fourth year business major and SQE intern. Thank you so very much for being here with us. Of course, thank you so much for having me. That's the end of our podcast for today. Do tune in next week for more conversations looking through a lens of anti-racism and social justice for transformation. 
Remembering, transformation is an action verb, meaning a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. For The Way Forward, I'm Audrina Redman. Thank mm-hmm. you.